All right. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to another Learning Tech Talks where I got to think of a new line because we're not just exploring the landscape of learning technology anymore. We're talking workplace tech, upskill. We, we got a lot of things going on. And today's another one of those days because, Adam, I don't think you would nicely put yourself in the category of learning tech, would you? I don't think you would consider yourself that. We kind of exist at the intersection of future of work okay. and ed tech. It depends on like what okay. Day well, and, and what, all right, future work. Is. So sometimes I go all right. Full ed all right, tech, I go. Few, like, We're on know. the fray. We're on the fray today. But no, I mean, if you haven't seen the post, we'll get into it. We'll actually explain what it is. So I don't want to spoil it. But we are on. We're on the fray. I do think this is future of work, but it does tie to upskilling, kind of the talent market right now and everything that's happening there, and then. Early, you know, early talent, which is a, an untapped resource, I think, in my experience, is vastly underutilized right now. So we're going to get into that. Adam's joining me today, but we we gotta we gotta you know warm things up a little bit. So I, I actually normally people answer this right away because we get into it, but you were busy looking for a USB converter, and so we didn't even ask like where were you. So I'm going to learn this one too. So where are you in the world today, Adam? I am in beautiful, sunny Providence, Rhode Island. We just got beautiful six inches six. of snow last night. Yeah. Okay. So. You know what? We share that because we got six inches of snow last night. And in between meetings this morning, I had to sneak out and snow blow because we live on a hill and it's a death trap if you don't clear the snow right away. So mm. I can at least relate to that. And you got a pretty cool setup because you would look at that background. If anybody watching might look at that background and think, oh, definitely in an office. That's clearly an office because that's a really cool scribble board on the back. But that's not. That's your dining room, right? It's Yeah, it's my house, uh, which I share with my co-founder and our lead designer. You, you, you never know when inspiration is going to strike. You know, you just got to, you got to expo markers, you get to draw, you get to decide what we're going to have for dinner tonight. Um, but you and- do know there's a good chance it's happening in the dining room. So what a great place to put it. I, I love it. It's great for parties. I don't think I'll, I don't think I can convince my wife on it. I don't think she'll go for that. But I don't think you try I, hard enough, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see. I'll see. Maybe she'll maybe she's listening right now or um yeah. No, I think we're good. We'll see what happens. Um okay, well I'm in Waukesha where I always am. Now let's transition over to the other one cuz I I haven't heard this one yet and I am curious. What was your, because we are talking early talent. So Adam, what was your first job out of college? And I'll let you kind of decide, like, like kind of like finding your way or real job. You just will have to clarify. Yeah. Um, it's a loaded question, Chris, because uh, I just dove right into building the startup right out of college. We, we got into an accelerator program that gave us a very small amount of grant funding. Uh, that was enough to basically cover rents and food in Providence for the summer. And my folks figured, hey, he'd spend a summer there, kind of post grad, and then it wouldn't work out, and then he'd get a real job. Uh, <laughs> I didn't kept, go that way. Um, I kept making, we kept making progress, we kept making improvements, we kept raising more funding and, and hitting more milestones. So uh, this is all I've done since I graduated. But when I was an undergrad, uh, I was lucky enough to do internships in uh, in finance, in healthcare, in independent film distribution. I spent a summer trekking across the Arctic Circle as well. So I've had a whole bunch of experiences and i and and the first job i ever had was uh you say that so casually well you know trekked across the arctic circle like you know because we've all been there (laughs) it's everyone needs a great alaskan adventure chris you know it's something that we all All need in our lives 
Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, so mine, so mine on this one, I had like a couple bumbled starts. I was a insurance salesperson for a bit and I did, that didn't go too well. And I worked, I was a teacher for a bit and then I did, well, I did something else. Like my, my first, like what I would say real, real job, I was a, a camel cigarettes sales rep. <laughs> Right. Came with a company car. It didn't last very long. Wasn't one of my proudest moments. And man, after you, t you just tell people you work for big tobacco, just watch the looks they give you. I, I got out of that pretty quick. <laughs> I can't I wait to see that. what that recording shows. My face. <laughs> <laughs> yes. From middle hard, school. Though, hard, to beat, hard to beat. I know. Birth. I know. Well, you know what? You got lots of cool swag. I got to say that I got poker chip. I still got a bunch of stuff left anyway. All right. So let's talk about it. We got a little bit. To, we got to know you a little bit in terms of your background. So in the startup space from the beginning, but you decided to make like, what's the What's the founder story on this? Because obviously you came out of school, you started this and you said, you know what, I'm going to make I'm going to make this app. Where did that come from? We probably should define it first. What is it? So. <laughs> Uh, we are the largest college freelance platform. So we help college students and recent grads find freelance work at startups, at companies, at emerging brands, at agencies, doing everything from marketing to design to biz ops. Uh, okay. We started at Brown. We're at, we're at 1,800 colleges today. Uh, so yeah, that's a little bit of, of what we are today, but that's not where we started by any means. Um, you know, I was always really into videography. I mean, I mentioned that my first job was basically a freelance videographer. And I think I had that gig when I was in high school. You know, my, my folks got me a video camera when I was in the, the sixth grade. I had been diagnosed with ADHD that year. I'd always had a really hard time focusing long enough to learn how to do very basic things like learn how to tie my shoes or memorize my yeah. mom's phone number. And, um, you know, struggled in school in some ways. But when I, when I unwrapped that video camera, it just like unlocked, like unwrapped this unlocked whole it. new fields for me that I just couldn't take my focus off of everything from the technology behind the camera to the direct, like framing to the editing, to thinking about who's it for. And, you know, I remember yeah. going in, 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 middle school, making videos and having it displayed in like our, our, our Monday morning, like all middle school meetings and just getting the entire middle school to erupt in laughter. Um, uh, it was just, I will never remember those. I will, I will never forget those moments. I will always remember them. Um, so all through high school, I was, you know, I founded the filmmaking club. I built out a portfolio, found myself at Brown in 2013, 2014, 2015, graduated 2017. But as an undergrad, you know, I, I kind of found myself between, you know, I started off doing Brown's version of film studies, which, which they call modern culture and media. Um, Brown doesn't have a film school. Okay. They, they talk a lot about theory and I took basically every production class they had to offer in the first semester or two. And they put me into the theory classes and I hated them. I just, I liked making things. And I was doing a bunch of student film projects. You know, I was like gassing and I was an assistant director and we would have, you know, a crew of 25 students putting together these really elaborate short films, which was really fun. Uh, I had an on-campus job in media services. And then I was running down these internships, like the ones I, I, I alluded to before. But I felt like there was such a like a you talk about the like a false dichotomy um, in some yeah. of the stuff that, you, that some of the content you talked about, and there was this false dichotomy in terms of like an on-campus job versus an internship, and it was like one or the other. 
and there is nothing yep. in between. And I felt that my skills as a videographer were being underutilized. I felt I knew so much. I could edit. I could produce. Right. And I wanted to do more of those And going things. and working in the college cafeteria was not like an acceptable alternative. As Tim Brady, a partner at YC and, and the first employee at Yahoo described it, like slinging hash in the cafeteria, you know, and yeah. you can either, you know, and, and, and so we, we, we built this, we built this platform initially to, you know, our worldview at the time was smaller. So we said, let's build a platform where students can do other things for other students. So, hey, I know Final Cut Pro, I can teach you Final Cut Pro. Or, hey, this person knows French, they can teach me French. Kind of like a, kind of like a Craigslist of sorts for college students. So we decided to, to go and build that. We made a lot of mistakes in terms of approaching that, which we can dive into if this was more like an entrepreneurial startup kind of journey kind of a thing. Um, and uh, we launched that in 2017. It, it did not work. It I think did I, not work. <laughs> in our first year, we did $58 of transactions. Um, wow. Was, but yeah, that, you're not going to. Yeah. That. Mom and dad wouldn't have been too proud on that one. Not enough. <laughs> not enough. But, you know, I couldn't even get, you know, when, when, we, when we like, you know, actually get our fee from that and split it between my co-founder and I. I mean, I can't buy myself a burrito bowl at Chipotle. I mean, it was really... <laughs> didn't pay for the whiteboard. Yeah. Didn't pay for the whiteboard. Yeah, dude, that thing is like a $500 whiteboard. Those things are expensive. <laughs> um, um, so anyway, that's, that's kind of how we got started. And, and the kind of yeah. the whole, the whole journey has been just sticking with it. A lot of persistence, learning how to listen, learning how to sell less, um, making a lot of iterations to our hypotheses uh, our product, our market, and ultimately evolving into uh, what I described initially, which is a freelance marketplace. Okay. So, so let's talk about this. Cause I mean, for me, it's, well, it's been a bit, I still remember right out of school is a weird, it's a weird time. And again, it, like you said, the false dichotomy when you're in school is also really awkward. Cause you're like, well, I can work on campus at some crap job that has nothing to do with like what I want to do. But then you also don't really know what you want. Like not everybody got a camera in sixth grade and went, I found my calling, you know, type of a thing. So like, you don't really know what to do, but there is this space in between where it's like, well, mom and dad want me to go get an internship at GE and I don't want to do that, but I also don't want to flip burgers in, you know, the Eagle's nest either. So what do I do? So I am curious though, like, what is it? You talk to recent college grads right now. How are, how are they handling this? Because you do hear this a lot right now where they're, the, that age range is struggling to find solid work and there's not a lot of easy transition periods for them. Yeah, I mean, I, if the last stat I looked at, don't you can fact check me on this. It was around, it was around like 30 to 40%. I won't. Most statistics are made up anyway. 30 so to 40% I'll just, sounds good. College, 30, <laughs> 30 to 40% of recent college grads are underemployed, meaning that they're currently in jobs that don't require a college degree. And I'm not talking about Facebook not requiring a college degree to go work, you know, uh, as an engineer there. But these are people who graduate and, and, you know, they enter the service industry and nothing wrong with that. But if you have $100,000 in college debt, it's really hard to pay that back. That first student loan payment, I remember when that came in and you're like, oh, this is like every month for the next 30 years. I wasn't yes. expecting that. So, you know, I, there's, there's, a, there's a really large segment of people who just like, they don't know what they want to do after they graduate. Maybe they, they can't yep. get a job at a GE. Um, so they're, they're forced to kind of go work, you know, working minimum wage. And what's been really exciting seeing in the last couple of years is the emergence of a whole new category of work become more generally adopted. 
contract work, freelance work. Um, nearly half of the U.S. workforce are actually contractors, not W-2 employees. I mean, and this includes like construction contractors and things like that, but an increasing yeah. proportion of them are what we think of like gig workers and we think about freelancers. So we look at that shift in the labor market and say, how can we leverage that trend to basically provide these recent grads more avenues and more pathways to employment yeah. and to gaining experience and to experimenting with a whole bunch more. So like we have, we have a, yeah. um, a, 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 an amazing student. Her name is Grace graduated UConn in 2021. And since then she's worked with, I think six different clients on our platform and is generating a full-time income now as a freelancer. And she's been able to get exposure to so many different industries, so many different types of companies, different types of marketing, um, you know, as a junior level marketer uh, doing freelancing that she has found her calling and she knows what okay. she wants to do and can better articulate how to create value, which is going to give yeah. her so much more on her resume in terms of if she ends up wanting to get a full-time job or finding that right opportunity at the right startup. She has an amazing resume of experiences that it would have taken someone 10 years to build, but she's built it in yeah. a year. Okay. Well, and you know what, what's interesting about that is, I, I mean, I just think about now how many people as seasoned career professionals, if you were like, have you considered freelance? Many of them would just go blank and go, I wouldn't even know where to start. Like, I have no idea what that even looks like or where I was. So you think about that right out of college. Nobody's teaching you that. So, I mean, I remember at that age, I would have never thought, hey, I have these skills. I could probably pick up a couple different things because to me, that would sound like, I don't even know, like, what am I going to walk around and try and say, hi, would you like me to do this for you? No. Okay. Well, well like I'll you walk said, there's, e there's, even, there's even these seasoned professionals who then even know what freelancing is and they don't even know where to start. I know. Right. And it's scary. It's like, I don't even know. How, it's like the same thing with entrepreneurship. Like I don't even know how to start building a company. Same thing. I have this great idea, but I have no idea what to do about it. Where to even start. And, and, and that is just further exacerbated when you talk about these, these more emerging folks who haven't had as much exposure to, to these things in life. Um, so part of our mission is to really demystify and destigmatize freelancing and make it something that uh, maybe we don't even call freelancing to these students. It's just, it's just part time it's just work. Remote, it's just work. It just paid it's just work. work. <laughs> they can do remotely for cool companies doing cool things uh, that help them build a resume. Uh, they can do it year round, right? It's not, you know, the wait yeah. to the summer and apply into an internship program. That's, you know, highly right, structured. You get one, one of 30 opportunities and now you put all your chips on that and then it didn't work. And you're like, well, I guess it's back to, you know, bagging groceries. Yeah, so how can we empower these folks? How can we give them the tools they need to go out there? And yeah, maybe they're not going door knocking right away and finding their own book of clients, but like, can we give them some of that infrastructure? Like, hey, we'll help you with invoices. We'll help you with taxes. We'll help you find some leads. We'll give you that structure. We'll make it feel friendly. We'll make it safe. Um, we'll give it structure. We'll give you the tools you need to be successful. And it just makes it easy. And it just makes it feel like, oh, this is just I'm doing work and I'm doing it through Pangea. And it's it's a great place. Well, to you're learn. removing. I mean, if you think about it, again, for folks who haven't freelanced, you're you're removing a lot of the barrier pieces that people struggle with, which is, okay, like, how do I, how do I set this up? Like where, cause, cause walk me through the process. Let's say, let's say I'm a, cause is it only college grads or are you, are you letting people like in school who have skills be like, Hey, who says you only have to choose one of these like in school jobs? Cause college is expensive too. When you're there, we talked about our halo houses. I mean, those things weren't free buying that many Xboxes. It didn't fund itself. 
Absolutely. So, you know, actually we, we skew currently towards undergrad and we, and we skew particularly towards first generation and low income uh, during okay. our last demographic survey. So, so, and, and we have kind of, you know, we're growing into more of the recent grad market where again, folks are like work is more their priority in some ways and they have more time to do it. So, you know, what we're trying to basically do is, you know, find these hungry students when they're freshmen, when they're sophomores, when they're juniors, maybe bef before okay. they're even eligible to get an internship at a company like uh, Lyft. Yeah, because you usually can't do that like freshman, sophomore year. You've got to no. be towards and then the when, end And then when you're, when you're applying into those jobs, you know, you're one of a thousand applicants, right? So it's how are you- And they have 10 spots. Exactly. <laughs> it's hard to get into them like Harvard Law School, as an example, um, which is hard enough. So oh, you know, not, not if you, not if you trek in Alaska all the time, I hear that's, you know, that's just, <laughs> that as, helps your resume, you know, pop, off, <laughs> pop, pop out of the HES there. Um, so, you know, we, we, we're, you know, we're trying to build a, a trusted relationship with these folks when okay. they're really early in their career, taking a bet on them before other folks will kind of like a, a really early stage okay. VC fund and helping them right. figure out their skills too. Help. Like, what do you, what do you, cause, cause we don't, and, and again, I told you we were going to just sit and riff off each other on this, but I think this is another challenge. So we talked about the challenge with the freelance piece and we'll keep talking about this, but also this challenge with skills, because honestly, when you think about, I, I just think now well seasoned into my career, I can do this, but early on. And I think a lot of people even well seasoned into their career, they struggle to speak in terms of skills. Mm. Uh, they can say, well, I had this job. I had this job. I worked here. But if you said, what skills do you have? A lot of people kind of, uh, I, I don't really know how to articulate that very well. And I can tell you right out of the gate, coming out of college or in college, I couldn't have answered that question, which kills it. Because then when it's like, well, this job requires three years of experience. I can't articulate my experience and I don't have any jobs on my resume. I'm dead in the water. And this is helping break that down. You, it's projects. I mean, when we, when I talk to recruiters at like, you know, fortune 100, 500 companies that, you know, what do you look for in candidates? They're like, I want to see people who took a project from A to B and I want to see the results, right? Like yes. the, when I look, I look at hundreds or thousands of resumes, right? And, and, you know, it's the resumes that say like, Hey, I, you know, started an Instagram account and grew it to 10,000 followers um, that speak something versus like, Hey, I work for a company and I manage your Instagram. Right. And it's like, well, like, what did you, did you actually know how to do it? Right. And what were the results? So what we're trying to do is provide a bit of education. And I think it's something that we'll have to develop a lot more down the road. Um, of like, how do we educate folks, like how to advertise themselves and how to speak about their experiences yeah. and how to talk about. Well, which Kim, Kim brought up is a really important piece that like that, that second layer of how do we help shape that for folks? Because it, figuring out the freelance part, that's one thing. But it's also this, how do you articulate, like you said, I mean, I love that example. It's one thing to say, well, I manage the Instagram account. Okay. Like, what does that mean? You copy and pasted, you know, posts. I don't know what they're called. Tweets, like what, whatever, you know, you just, just paste things in there. Like, no, I grew it from zero to 10,000 and had this kind of engagement with our community. Well, that's a different story. So something, some, um, if you allow me to share my screen here for, for a second, yeah. Chris, um, yep, something released is called the Emerging Talent Program, right? So when we saw this as an issue in terms of like, there's just so many things that these folks just don't even know, right? I mean, and if we just sat yep. down with them for an hour and walked them through it, like, like coaching and uh, some mentorship, they'll get it. So we started this program that was absolutely free. Um, we've had more than a thousand students go through it. And we talk all about um, like, how to basically top 10 tips, like how to stand out. We talk about how to secure clients, how to talk about yourself, 
how to get onboarded after you get hired, and then how to manage your income, manage your taxes and things like that. And these are just like one hour. These are four one hour workshops. And we're, this is open enrollment now. We're doing another uh, program okay. this April. I, I, I do all the workshops. And we found that when students go through this, these, these programs, they have a five time, they're five times more likely of getting jobs on our platform. Because the way they structure their profiles and the way they talk about their experiences, um, and we give them tactics on how to crack that classic chicken and egg problem of um, sure. how to get a job without experience if I, if I can't get experience yeah. at a job. And a lot of it yeah. comes down to doing like personal projects. So yeah. you know, I, I hired a student just last week who hadn't really had much background in much, but you know, she happened to call with me and said, hey, I had, a, I, had a look, I had a chance to look at your LinkedIn, Adam. And I think there's a lot of opportunity to do a lot more here, um, you know, and took my LinkedIn profile and then put <laughs> it in like Canva and like rewrote my, like overwrote my headline and like redid my cover photo and like rewrote my, and I was like, you're hired. It's great. Like you just showed me <laughs> that you, you just demonstrated the skills that you have and what you bring to the table. Exactly. And I gave her a job uh, and we've been working with each other for, for, for weeks. And, you know, she, she kind of helps me. She's like, we want to tell your story. She like watch, she'll watch this entire thing and pick out a bunch of the tidbits, structure okay. them into posts that I'll review. And then she'll post them on, on my LinkedIn, um, okay. uh, which again, they're, they're my voice, but um, she helps. And I, I hired her because she had no previous experience, but she demonstrated that she had the skills to do it. Yeah. And that's something when I tell all of these students, one of the things I talk about is like, Think about your clients, right? Think about the client, the contract having a value. Like how much are you willing to spend to get that contract? Like what's the cost of acquiring that client? Um, and, you know, you're not going to pay, you know, $100 to get that, that contract out, out of your pocket, but maybe you can spend five hours of time doing some of these projects, looking at their doing website, something. coming up with ideas, doing these kind of little briefs that I guarantee will, will, will put you into the top 10, the 90th percentile of anyone that they're talking sure. to. And it's something that anybody can do. And it's a great opportunity just to show, demonstrate value um, sure. before you kind of get a job. Well, and I love, and, and again, it sounds like, and again, the, the next place I want to go is kind of walk through what the process looks like so people can, because I think there's, and, and this again, to me is something that, you know, not only, fo there's probably people who are going to watch and listen to this who go, oh my gosh, I need to call my kid right now and be like, hey, you know, I have been on your case about... <laughs> So there's that, but I think there's a lot of parallels that we can connect to learning and development because while you're focused on that early career audience, this is this a very similar challenge that organizations are dealing with with their existing workforce where it's like we have lots of people that can do really incredible things, many of which have nothing to do with the job they're in. They may not even be doing it in this job and they're sitting going untapped and this underutilized piece you described where it's like, yeah, well, I took this job because I've been here and it's comfortable and whatever. Really, I can do about 30 other things, but nobody ever asks and it's not really relevant to my job. And this whole talent mobility and almost internal career gig economy exists, but a lot of companies are struggling with how to tap into that. So I think there's, there are a lot of parallels that we can take from this. There's, I mean, there's so many things for me to chew in there, Chris. I mean, one thing I, I just want to, I want to, I want to drill in on is like the idea that there are people in your organization who have 30 other skills, but it's like not in their areas of responsibility and they're not, it's the not on their team. resume either. And it's so, so one of the things that, that, you know, I, I try to coach these, these, these really talented folks to do when, when they get a client, cause sometimes they get hired to do like one thing and, yeah. you know, I tell them to identify problems and present solutions. 
So if you, if you see an opportunity, like, Hey, like we're doing Instagram, but we're not using anything on TikTok, And I saw some other companies doing a TikTok. Would you like me to kind of like spend some more hours and kind of run down this opportunity? And I can tell you almost every single time that someone on my team comes to me with like a pitch of like a project that they can work on. Yeah. I'm thrilled because it, especially if it's a good idea and I see the ROI, I in, know. Like, great. go, go hunt it down. And, and then people end up working on the things that they want to work on. Um, and you can also inspire that when people really understand like why what they're doing is important and why what the organization is doing is important. Are, are they, are they there for the paycheck or are they there because it's like they're calling and their purpose and yeah. they're passionate about, about the kind of work that they're doing. Well, and when you tap into the, what you just, cause I'm, I'm with you when people come to me and go, Hey, I have this really, like, I love that when it's like, I love that you saw something and you came up with an idea of what you can do about it. And you know what? Like, Let's do this. Now, fundamentally, it's going to, it requires people, leaders, and organizations to think differently about their workforce. And I think that's a transition that companies are going to have to deal with. <laughs> because the thing is, people are doing it anyway. I mean, people are doing it anyway. So, how are you going to navigate this? And this idea of, well, I hired you into this job, and this is what that job does, and that's all I want you doing, and that's all there is to do. So, it doesn't really work anymore in this market. Talent is much more fluid and organizations need to acknowledge that. And I think creating the internal ability to do that is huge because your people are more invested. It's, it's, it's huge. And in kind of like the way that, that, you know, I think this is like something I got out of Simon Sinek's Ted talk. I'd start with why of like, people don't care sure. what you do. They care why you do it in some ways. And whenever I give anyone a task, I have, I really try to make sure they understand like why it's important. So for us, it's like about getting everyone around like our North Star KPIs, which for us is the number of active engagements on our platform. So it's the number of okay. basically students that are, or Pangeans that are working with clients and are actively invoicing and growing okay. that number. And there's, what's great is there's a lot of different ways to affect that KPI, right? I mean, maybe it's a little bit retention. Maybe it's getting new contracts. Maybe it's getting larger contracts. Maybe it's getting yep. more students or higher quality students. Maybe it's getting more alignment in terms of there's a lot of different like hypotheses that one can present that basically address that. So when I talk to someone who's maybe going to become like our next community manager, as an example, and I say like, yeah. you know, you see like, you know, I, I need you to get like, go get students. I'm like, well, why? I'm like, well, <laughs> I want you measuring. I want you measuring. <laughs> how many students are sending applications and proposals on our platform every single week and the percentage of those that hit kind of our standards of quality uh, in terms of like who we think is basically going to like perform a really good job. And then I want yeah. you to grow that number because that's how you can affect this part of our funnel that affects like the core KPI, which yeah. is the thing that everyone is aligned behind and is excited about. And it's a thing that, um, you know, I got from one of my advisors from LinkedIn where it's not like a conversion metric, but it's a number that's like centered around people. And it's really like the number yep. of students who are making money on our platform every single month. Um, and yeah. like, that's the thing that feels really good. So if it feels like if folks can do something that affects that outcome, um, they're really happy, but then they can get creative. And that's the reason I bring it up. So if you, if I tell everyone our goal is to grow this KPI, they can come, come to me with like different theories on how they might grow that number. Um, and it also gives us a way of like, Hey, that sounds like a good thing. But if you can't tell me how it affects this kind of like holistic KPI, Maybe it, they understand the framework that I'll be making decisions. Um, yep. Now, I think that the kind of the qualifier to all that is sometimes there are good initiatives for companies that aren't always internalized in like the bottom line. And I think that's probably yeah. a separate conversation to talk about. 
Um, but my, by and large, if like everyone in the organization understands like what the end goal is, and then they can come up with creative ways of trying to improve it and drive it. And then that's what they can put on the resume. You know, like I did X project that helped move X KPI X amount. Well, and it also going back to this feeling like you play a role in that you're going to be able to speak to it with much more passion and energy around why it mattered and why you're excited about it, which again, going back to being able to land that next gig or land, you know, your whatever full-time get whatever we want to call them. It's, it's a key component. Cause if you're just like, yeah, I showed up and I did the th same thing every day and whatever, you know, I, I, I see it all the time where people have careers and it's like, I have 20 years of experience. No, you have six months of experience on repeat. That's what you have. You're just you're just on repeat. You, you don't actually have 20 years of dynamic experience. And I think what we're talking about here is actually creating dynamic experiences for people, which funnels career growth. It funnels skill development because people will take maybe a bit more of a risk on this type of a thing. So, but let's, because we could talk about this. I, I, I'm telling you, we could talk about this all day long, but I am curious process wise, because on both sides, I can see, okay, if you're a recent college grad or in college kind of going like, all right, how's this work? Or if you're on the other side, because I think of, I mean, I work with leaders at organizations all the time who are like, I, I don't really know where to go find talent because internally we've got this process. We always thought, well, we create a job wreck and then we put it out and then we get 900 applicants and then we screen them and then we go through this and we basically pick based on resumes. But maybe I only have a project and I don't have funding to get a headcount for this thing, but I have a need. So how does it work? So people from both sides kind of understand it. Yeah, I, I, I guess we can, we, I can share my screen again for a moment here, Chris, okay. I can give a, like a, a really right. quick overview. So this is um, the view that a company or a client would have. So you're looking into kind of our, our talent database. You see my company profile up there. Um, so there, there, there's some aspects of this that are similar to kind of traditional uh, kind of functions, right? Okay. So uh, I so it's not so wildly unfamiliar. People would go, I have no idea what this even is. We didn't need to reinvent the wheel. I think there's there's <laughs> going to be some more exciting things that we start working on throughout this year, but we wanted to kind of get like the, the bread and butter of it working pretty well. So for instance, we have Pangeans here. Here's Julia as an example. Julia is a senior at Clemson. Uh, she's uploaded a bunch of her sample work and portfolio pieces onto, onto her profile. So she linked to a personal website here. So you can get a sense of like the quality of work that she's done, which is really what sure. companies want to see these days. So we put that top, you know, really top of the page. Uh, she's worked on our platform. So she's actually able to get reviews and kind of um, uh, badges in areas that she's exceeded expectations. So okay. for companies, really simple. Um, you know, we have a really simple job posting flow. We're really proud of it. So Let's say we're trying to hire a social media manager. We have these pre-made templates. So maybe we need 10 hours a week. We're looking to someone to start ASAP, looking to do hourly. Uh, generally, the, the standard hourly rate on our platform is $22 an hour. Um, sure. You know, come work with a YC-backed startup and, you know, help us grow our TikTok. You know, I, I, we're trying to get away from the whole, like, send me a three-page job description and job rack. Oh, I know that, like... Nine tenths of it is just filler that you copy and pasted from another one that you're like, I, I honestly, this isn't even so like really relevant. Well, we, and, and we did that work for you. So we, for all those templates, we went and we did research on all of the top responsibilities of all the top okay. 36 roles. So we pre-populate you with like what a social media manager should do. Um, a lot of okay. our clients don't know. So a little bit about our company. Uh, again, one of the things that we realize is 
students liked aspect of internships that gave them some more structure. So we're, we're bringing in a little bit of that, a little flavor of that into here. So, Hey, maybe there's an opportunity to give the students some mentorship. There's an opportunity to, to grow with the company. You'll be included in our standups and we'll do weekly one-on-ones as well. So I can give you like, these are things that we found that this talent base really looks for. And when especially you for fun- that audience, who's like, I'm just getting into the career market. That stuff matters to me. The, uh, the ability for growth or mentorship, somebody actually helping me figure out a path ahead. Absolutely. And nowadays, the companies are the ones that are selling. Uh, It's no longer the companies. (laughs) Yes, the talent market is hot right now. It's not, it's, you got to convince people, I, you want to come work here and here's something we can offer you to make it worthwhile. Exactly. So pick a couple of those, um, uh, add a couple of skills. These are, again, intelligently rendered. Um, This kind of helps talk about like what skills people have, helping create alignment. Next. Okay. So there, so I'm going to pause. So two, two ways through it. One, you can kind of go browse things. If you're like, I'm looking for this kind of thing, you can go find folks, kind of look through their things. Or if you're like, I need somebody to do this thing. I need to find somebody you, this is the, I can post this and basically throw it out to the marketplace and say, Hey, I'm looking for somebody who can help me with this. Exactly. And people can kind of bid on it. So, so and then you can, you know, it gives a little bit more structure. So maybe here it's like, um, you know, uh, please add a port piece. So you can add, you can add uh, screening questions as well. That just kind of help you advance. What is your, what is your spirit animal? Something like that. Yeah. What is, (laughs) how many marbles to fill the Titanic? Really important question. Really, really important question. Um, And then I submit it for approval. I mean, it's really quite simple. And then after you post it, you basically can, can browse student profiles and say, Hey, like maybe Shania here would be a great fit for this role. I'm going to invite them to the job. Uh, you know, you can browse by school. So maybe, you know, I went to Brown. So maybe we're going to hire someone out of Brown University. So I could actually reach out and say like, hey, Sam, you should, you know, apply to this job. Um, after I've posted the job, we have kind of an implement, like an in-platform almost version of an applicant tracking system. So, you know, I actually posted a role uh, uh, two days ago for a growth marketing internship. So I've gotten all these students now to apply to basically come to Pangea. I asked them why they joined uh, and get a little context on them. And I've actually already hired uh, a couple of people. So all this is managed through the platform. Uh, job posts are only up for 10 days. So we're trying to you know, not have people spend like three months hiring for these roles. The average time to hire is less than 10 days on our platform. So we're trying to bring that speed into our system. You know, you can really easily uh, compare and contrast different applications. I could, sure. if I want to, I could send an offer. So let's like hire Carissa here as an example. Uh, $15 an hour. I only really want her working for five hours a week. I, I set out the expectations and responsibilities uh, and then I send the offer. And then all that happens through our platform. And then after you hire someone, you manage them through our platform as well. So sure. like, here's an example, hired an intern uh, and, and they're basically logging their hours to the platform. And then I can come in here, get a sense of all the stuff they've done on what day, uh, Tuesday does our TikTok as an example, connect with my credit card and then run the payment. So you can even just run it through a P card, something like that. It's not even necessary. I, I am curious. And again, I know this is very tactical, but I'm thinking about this from a leadership standpoint on the corporate end. Do or, most organizations work through just like a corporate card? Are they are they setting this up with procurement? So it's actually running that route? So how, how, so are they, how are folks doing it? Currently, currently, a lot of our clients are smaller organizations. So these are under <laughs> 25, under 50 startups. So they, they put like their company card on it. Uh, yeah, you can also okay. do ACH. It's very easy. 
Um, you know, as we think about getting into larger enterprises, what kind of my vision is, is that this is something that we'd put in the hands. Because I'm seeing, I'm, I'm literally picturing <laughs> procurement departments, if they watch this going, oh no. <laughs> Corporate finance is like, wait, they can remove all the bureaucracy and get the stuff done they need with freelancers. Well, like to me, I'm going fantastic. I don't have to wait six months to have to deal with all the nonsense. Well, you know, okay. and what I'd love to see ultimately is, you know, for the individual like product managers, the team managers to be able to like, hey, you have a, you know, a thousand dollar budget a month. We want you, we want your help. Like our recruiting teams are already inundated and they're honestly more focused nine times out of 10 on the more senior high level roles. So let's get everyone in the organization involved in cultivating our talent pipeline, particularly amongst emerging talent. Let's have every team in the company have a college student working with them. And it's a great way for these managers to get managerial experience or aspiring managers, like give them an intern first before you give them a full-time employee. Right. And before you give them headcount, be like, hey, let's see how you work with somebody on a small project. Again, I think from an upscaling standpoint, leadership, leadership is a huge opportunity in just about every company. Uh, no, not just about in every company on the planet. And again, I think sometimes there is that hesitancy of, I know we need to grow this person's team, but we need to see, you know, how do we actually develop them as a leader without having to say, let's give you a head count and uh, well, we'll see what happens. Cause now this is a person's livelihood. Now with that, I am curious though, how does that tie? Because that could create a really bad experience for a recent college grad if it's like, oh, I'm getting, you know, tested out with kick the tires on on new employee here who might be a boss and, and it doesn't go so hot. So how do you manage that on both sides? Because it could go well either way. Either the student could go, whoa, I just got draconian boss from, you know, the dark nether. And then on the other side, you might go, well, I just got a you know, college flunky that would rather pay Halo, play Halo than, than, you know, do the work that they said. So how does that work? You know, I, I, I think, I think it was, it was, it was Kim who, who made this comment. I think um, it's, it's where we have an opportunity to educate the students more so. So like when we okay. do the emerging talent program, one of the first things we set up is like, what's the difference between an internship and freelancing? And I was like, in an internship, okay. you have a boss and a freelance engagement, you have a client. So, you know, if you think about if you had your own business, how would you treat your customers? It's the kind of mindset that we try to imbue in these Pangeans when they're working with clients and companies. Right. And maybe they, th they think of having an intern, but we try to say like, you know, these are smaller companies. You're working with more inexperienced managers. You need to take more responsibility in getting onboarded and kind of managing your intake. And we give them like right. a set of questions. Uh, you're your own boss in some ways. It's like, think of it that you're way. You're your own boss and it's your client. And, and, and sometimes they can be amazing partners for you and, and really help create a lot of structure and, and great, great, provide great feedback. And sometimes they don't, um, you know, um, so we try to basically help <laughs> students basically remove a little bit of that and say, hey, this is an experience for you. Take ownership, take initiative, create your own structure, make it easy for them to help manage and, and work with you. And that's where we found like a lot of receptiveness and ability to kind of like help make this engagement be a lot more successful. Sure. We can't always talk to the client and tell them how to manage, but we can talk to the student and give them tips and tricks and structures and also product that helps them create the right amount of structure so that they can do a good job. Okay. To help them be successful. Well, and you know, the funny thing is I set that up intentionally to be a little bit legacy and thinking because i do think sometimes we're like oh and, and you see this now with when the work from home thing happened there was this idea that like oh we let people work from home they're gonna sit around and watch netflix all day and it's like that is not how people 
the majority. Are there the outliers that, yes, somebody might be like that? But the majority of people really want to do great work and, and, and contribute and have you go, I love what you did. People don't like to go, here, I did this, and have people go, wow, that really sucks. You're, you're the worst. You know, so they're going to bring their best selves. That is the norm in terms of behavior. So I, I can see where you setting expectation helps with that to be like, hey, just think of this as a client versus just, you know, they, they can fire you. Own this. This is your thing. And, and, the, and the piece that you, we got a glimpse of when I shared my screen before, which has now gone away, uh, was the review system. So in, into the platform, giving the employer, the client, the opportunity to provide feedback to the Pangeum, okay. constructive feedback. So private feedback. And then also ultimately having to go the other way. Like, well, how can we help the, the client or the manager get feedback from the person they're working with on a consistent basis? I mean, one of the best like things that, that we've done at Pangea, it sounds super corporate, uh, is like do one-on-ones. So the beginning of the year and, and all last year, I was doing like one-on-ones very regularly with all of my basically team members, like all of them, like all 10 of us. Um, and they have an opportunity to give me feedback and tell me what they need from me and tell me how I can be a better leader for them and um, or what they expect from me. And, and I could also give them an opportunity to provide a lot of feedback. And I've kind <laughs> of had, to, I've, I've become almost like my team psychologist uh, in terms of like helping <laughs> people <laughs> learn how to like, you know, manage and deal and be them best selves. And, and, and we, that's like, make such a difference I find. So yeah. I want to, and there's so many companies that don't have that kind of structure. So, you know, we ask all the students like, Hey, have you asked your client for feedback? And the answer is like, no, or, you should um, like give them the avenue to tell you how you can improve. So you can actually go take action on it as opposed to letting those things fester. Um, <laughs> so I think there's a well, lot. And of, I, I like know. what you bring up with this though, because this is going back to upskilling people leaders. It is a really great opportunity both ways. One, practice giving feedback, you know, how do you share with somebody who maybe isn't doing something quite right? Or again, you know, how do you walk that line between, is this just personal preference? Like, are they achieving the outcome? And I'm just nitpicky because I like, you know, blue ink instead of black ink type. And you're like, really, is this just shut up, like get over yourself. Or is this really, well, you know, here's an opportunity I see for you because of how you're representing yourself type of a thing. So it's an opportunity for that. But again, coming back the other way, if there's that opportunity for them to share that back for corporate employees to be able to give new emerging leaders an opportunity to hear from other people, because everybody thinks they're an amazing boss. Oh, I'm the best boss. Uh, well, except to everyone who's ever worked for you. They, they would disagree with that vehemently. But to be able to not wait until it gets to a point where you're on the verge of, you know, collapsing your organization to be like, Hey, you know what? You, you kind of are a bonehead and here's where, and here's what I think you could do differently. Yeah. And I mean, it's like how to talk to each other has been one of the things I've had our team working a lot on over the last year. Cause, cause we're a young team. Um, we, we all have opinions. Sometimes those opinions are very strongly held and, and, and we had a tendency, uh, uh, you know, everyone's vocal, which I love and opinionated. But we had a tendency sometimes to, to devolve into uh, getting a bit combative and argumentative. And that's never productive. Yep. Um, there's a difference between arguing and debating. Debating is something I want us all to do all the time. Arguing is not. Um, and it also comes down to like giving feedback, taking feedback, and like not getting defensive. And having everyone being like, I want to improve. Um, so I think, you know, part of it is, uh, uh, asking consent for folks like, Hey, like, can I provide you some, some feedback and my thoughts and like saying, I'm going to give you, as opposed to just giving it. 
Um, so like creating a space for those conversations is really, really important and then making sure everyone's receptive to it. And then it's an expectation is also really important. Um, but also like keeping an eye in terms of like, are people arguing and being combative and defensive or are they debating and having a healthy conversation with like an even tone? Uh, cause it's a big difference. And, and that's the kind of stuff that I've, you know, tried early on to, to keep a close eye on. And I think we're, we're doing a really good job now. Uh, but like 12 months ago, oh my gosh, <laughs> every week was some, uh, was some new argument about something and it could, could be small things. Um, so uh, anyway, those are things that, that, okay. I, that have been important. Okay. Also like, empathizing with other people on your team is really okay. key. So that's built into this. So, so again, you, people, the new college or early, early talents creating their profile, you can post these things, you can go find them. Then you basically, you're like a match. You're like the e-harmony of, of early talent. <laughs> for stuff where it's like, Hey, here's a match made in heaven. Folks are coming on. You're taking care of that. Now are these, what do you typically find? Are these long engagements? Do you have people coming in where it's like, Hey, you know, this ends up turning into a two year thing or are these typically short gigs that they, they float in and out? Do you see trends in that? Yeah. I mean, it ranges, right? I mean, I think that's one of the beauties of our platform is it's very flexible, right? So we're not tying you into like, this needs to be a three month, you know, full-time engagement. Uh, we've had companies come and, you know, they post, Hey, I'm looking for, you know, I run an ed tech company and, you know, I want students to basically be my product testers and I want them to provide me feedback. So I want them to kind of like download the app, use it, give me a survey and I'll pay them like 40 to 50 bucks. We have some that have like done that and had them become like content creators for their platform where okay. they're making hundreds of dollars a week consistently um okay. for like six weeks and then we've had engagements where uh uh they're working with these folks for 12 18 months uh and then the person gets a full-time job off it um which is awesome so we see a range i think we're kind of like our bread and butter these days are like trying to find an ongoing need within an organization where okay. having someone more junior level would be helpful so i mean i use this example a lot maybe you have a vp of marketing you have a growth growth marketing lead and they're setting strategy and they're running down like strategics and like running your ad sets, but they're not like post, like they're not going to be the ones posting on your Instagram, you know, five times a week. So like, that's a great use case where you might not yeah. need someone full time, but you can bring someone in part time to help you create content and manage your content. Help you content. run. Yeah. Help you run some of this type of stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, well, cause again, I think that goes back to now, one of the things, and I'm curious what you, what you see with this, and this would be my kind of pushback to leaders in the industry who are like, Hey, this is great. One of the opportunities that I see, and I'm curious how you work through this is I think sometimes not, I think sometimes I know that frequently people don't always know what actually needs to happen. You know, they, they're like, we need a person for something. We need this work done. And you're like, okay, great. Let's find someone. And that's like, what do you want them to do? Oh, I, I have no idea. Like, I don't actually know what goes into that. I just know we need this account. How do you help folks with that? Because I can imagine that that may be fine if you've been doing it for 20 years and you're like, I, I don't need you to tell, I'll figure it out. But if you're early college, you might be like, I'm not exactly sure what that looks like. How do you help them bridge that? Because I can see that being a challenge. Absolutely. And that was, that was the reason why we introduced those templates I showed before where okay. it was like, I need a social media manager, but I don't know what a social media manager. So does. that's designed to also help the people looking for this going, Oh, okay. That's kind of the, yeah, like here's the things that you that want I should have and, and, they're, and they're all very specific, basically areas of responsibility. So they're all okay. things that you can look at and someone like saw that. I'm like, okay, here's all the things I need to do this week. 
Okay. So, Versus like the ethereal job description stuff, like, like marketing oh, strategy. For, for help like, with the social media marketer. Here's a blank box. Uh, like, write, <laughs> like bring your own social job. media marketing. That's like, like the description of what you're like. Okay, well yeah. that doesn't help. Okay. And I think the thing that I, I'm, I, I'd like our team to index more on is like the ROI for organizations. So maybe prompting the companies more like, hey, what are you looking to get out? Like, what do you, what do you want this person to accomplish? Like, if this person is successful, what will have changed, or what what milestone will you have? Hits. And I and I have the the Pangeans get hired. I have them ask the organizations that question. Like, what are your goals for the next six months? Like, why did you hire for this role? And then you kind of like can piece the two together. But I agree. Like, these are more junior level talents. Like, they they don't necessarily have you know twenty years of experience where they're going to come in and you're like a specialist and they're going to be prescriptive. Like, we're hiring a senior growth marketing lead to come and tell us how to do our growth marketing. Not a role that I'm going to go hire someone you know out of college that doesn't hasn't done it. No, Maybe you might bring you might bring early career to help that person with some of the them. execution of it. But exactly. the hey, you've never done this before. Can you put together our marketing growth strategy? Like, uh, no. <laughs> okay, okay. I think, but that I think that does help folks who may watch and listen to this kind of figure out. Okay, where does that make sense? Because you do have to break down the work in that sense, where it's like, okay, there are components that make sense for this kind of talent, and there are components where you would go. I mean, you're going to be disappointed if you think, you know, your your five-year strat for the company is going to come from that. Might it be assisted by an early career talent? Does it mean you might not get some great ideas from that engagement? Sure, but but be careful not overthinking what these folks can bring to the table. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all about expectations, right? And I'm not going to say like every job in the world can be replaced by a college student. I just That's just not realistic but well and again i think sometimes people have this idea that that you know like oh my gosh a marketplace is taking away you know jobs from folks who've been doing that it's like no because somebody fresh out of school is probably not going to have that kind of experience but you still need their help there's a place for them to help with that so they can build the experience to be able to do that down the road absolutely and that, and that's really where we fit in with these organizations um and yeah. it's also it's also helped us become better at knowing like what we're good at because when companies come and say like I need someone to like lead my growth marketing strategy. I'm like, you should probably find someone who's worked in the industry for five plus years to help you set that or 10 plus years. Um, okay. Just like you're not going to, because I don't want people coming in thinking they can get something they're not. Um, but if they come to me being like, hey, uh, I need some blog writers. I have blog guidelines. I already know kind of like what keywords I'm looking for. And I just want people who are based in the US who like writing and researching and are excited by our industry to kind of write these blogs and college students are great at writing. Um, like that's a great use case for us. Like, I mean, we, we hired eight blog contributors through our own platform to do exactly that. We set the content strategy and we set kind of like the keywords and the guidelines we want to rank for. And then we give them that brief and then they're able to go and research and write. Um, okay. so like that's where you got to think about where in your organization this type of talent can be helpful. But it's also helpful not only in the short run, but also in the long run. And I think that's one of the really exciting aspects of working with this type of talent is, yes, I can hire these folks to write blogs for me now, but it's a great way to see that they can execute, deliver on time, deliver high quality work. And then maybe they start prescribing to me, hey, I'm a blog writer, but guess what? I really want to do community management and community growth. Like, can I work with yeah. you to help get more students in other more creative ways? Yes, okay. let's talk about that. And then they can kind of like create their own job for themselves as they go along. And then they, and then they graduate and become my next full-time hire. Okay, I like that. Well, and I, you know, something you said a little bit back that I think is a really important piece that I think it's beneficial, not just, you know, considering the, the early talent hires, but just in general was the point you made about saying like, 
what does good look like on the other side of this engagement? I don't think that happens enough, even with existing workforce, where we go, we need you to do this. And, and people kind of go, I mean, to what end? Like, what does good look like for this? And that's a tough thing. And as a leader, that is your responsibility to think through. I may not know exactly, and I think that's where you can go wrong, is to try and be like, it looks like this, and the path to get there is exactly like, well, don't do that, because then you're going to squelch any creativity. But to be able to say, here's where we are today. I really would like this to get us to this point. And I don't exactly know how we do that, but that's the work that I'm looking for you to do is help me get here. And this is what good looks like. And, and that's what we're going to measure along the way is to say, are we, are we making that? Are we on that trajectory or no? And if we're not, well, then, then let's pivot. It's setting the X, right? And it's like for us, like it's setting that, that active engagements number. That's a KPI. And it's been like, that's the number we need to grow. And if that number is growing, then great, we're doing something right. And if the number is not growing, then we need to figure out why. Um, and everybody, in my opinion, should be in some way pulling on some thread that comes together into that rope. Um, and if someone's like pulling on a thread in a way that's like pulling the rope the other way, then it's like we probably shouldn't be doing that. Um, sure. Again, I think there are probably examples we could sit here and think about that aren't always internalized. But I'd also argue that in some way, there's always some way to tie it back to that, to that, that X. And if you do a good job saying like, here's the goal and here's what we're trying to drive. And then you allow people to be creative and bring their own genius to it and, 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 and find ways to do it and then measure to see if they're affecting it. I think, you know, that's how I'm trying to structure my organization as an example, as opposed to being the one that tells them always how to do things. Um, yeah. I can, if there's something I can help them out with or, you know, help them write a better email then sure. Um, yeah. but if they understand like what the goal is, I can kind of like let them run free and they can be a, a good measure of themselves. And like, am I actually helping drive that number? Okay. Well, and I have to ask this cause I think, you know, I'm curious just with what you do with this, it can, it can be, I'm curious where it lands on the spectrum because I can see one of the things. And sometimes I, I I've, I've even struggled with this with, with folks on my team is that sometimes there's just that work that needs to get done. That's really important. It is really important, but it's not necessarily, you know, the the, the cool, neat stuff, but it's like it, it plays a key role in this. And one of the challenges is sometimes you have folks on your team that they, I don't want to say they're overqualified, like, oh, I'm too good for that work. But it's just like, you're not really fully utilizing my skills, but I mean, I can do that. I mean, you could hire me to build an e-learning for you, but I wouldn't recommend it because it's, it's not, I mean, whatever, you get it. So, but I think early career folks, it's like, well, this is something that I actually am hungry to do, but I'm curious, do you get that where sometimes you're like, oh, I don't, you know, I'm beyond this or do you, because they're so early in career, do you find they're more open to going, I get it. Cause I haven't done this before. So that practice is really helpful. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to like make an, uh, a, a comment. That's a, a generalization. I think it comes down to, to per, like it's, it's personality. Okay. Right. I mean, it's same as it always, like there are people that, that will kind of do it if it has to get done. And there are people who think they're above it. And I think there's a person, I, that's something you also want to like okay. suss out in people when you're working with them. Um, but I think okay. it also comes down to a little bit of what we said, like set an X, right? Like once you know, like where you want to go, what you need to do to get there is revealed. And you might not always want to do all the things that you need to do, but you need to do those things. Um, they have to get done. You want to get done. <laughs> um, you know, I think there are at certain points opportunities to delegate. I'll give you an example. Like 
running payroll on my team and like measuring all the hours of all my contractors and like going in every two weeks and just clicking it. Like I did that for my first year and then I just got too busy and, and my Mondays would come and I sometimes would like forget to do, like I had the money, but then like, I'd be like late or whatever with content. And I was like, this isn't like, it's not my job. Like, I mean, it is my job and it's important. And, and I basically ended up hiring a student as a bookkeeper to help me with my month on reconciliation and running payroll every two weeks because it was like a very definable task that I was able to sit there and train them on and then allow them just to, to do. Like at a certain point, like yeah. we need to do that, but it became like a recurring responsibility and thing that okay. has to get done again and again. And that was where I delegated. But okay. every single day, there are things that I do that are like below my pay grade. Um, yeah, that, like, yeah. Is- oh, for sure. But I think your point, and I think this is it, and I think this is one of the things that I like about you know what you what you've built with this is, it gives you an opportunity to provide that transparency on the front end, so that it's like this is what I need this person for, because what I have found in my career in learning and talent development is, there are people who love to do all sorts of things, and there are people who things that I'm like I would die if I had to do that every day. There are people that are like I love nothing more than that. That is the thing that makes me jump out of bed and I'm and I'm like, really? You okay? I mean, hey, different spaces, different places. Like that's great. I'm glad. But I think that is a really important piece that by doing this, you're allowed, you can say, hey, here's what we've got. Like, here's what I need you to do. Are you game? And you're coming in going, yeah, you know what? If I can contribute to what you're trying to pull off here through this activity, s- sign me up. Sign me up, coach. And it, it's like finding what I, I ask people this when I'm like doing interviewing, I'm like, what are you good at? And what do you enjoy doing? And I, and this is like not a theme that I'm not a concept that I came out. It's like finding that zone of genius. It's like find yep. the, the hire people to do the things that they're good at, that they enjoy doing. And yep. that's an, an ideal like environment. Everyone in the organization is doing things that they want to be doing and that they're also good at. And that like, yep. they're not doing the things that they're good at, but they don't enjoy doing. We minimize those tasks because those drain energy. Um, and they're certainly not doing the things that they just enjoy doing, but they're not good at. Um, yep. Which is, <laughs> it happens. Um, <laughs> oh, I know it does. So you're helping, you're helping bridge that gap. Cause I think those are the two extremes and it's like, how do we help people get there? And this addresses a lot of problems that companies have, whether it's engagement, retention, you know, all these things where it's like, well, when you get people doing the things they're good at that they love, you don't really have to do much for it just to rock because people are like, I'm loving what I'm doing and I just want to do it because I can. All right. Well, I am I told you we'd get to the end and we would have just scratched the surface. And so we've arrived at that point where 58 minutes in, we're scratching the surface. So I'm going to cut us out because if I don't, we're going to go way too long. So I just, I love, again, when we first met and and we started talking, you know, I think sometimes it was like learning tech, you know, some people might go, how's this learn? It's like, no, this is, this is future of work. This is, and there's a lot of parallels that I think learning leaders in general can think about because this process, the way you're thinking about it, this is work. This isn't early talent work or some weird niche. This is just the reality. It just happens to be a really effective way you're doing it in a certain market category. Well, so, I appreciate that, Chris, and it's been—it's really been a pleasure talking with you uh, this morning. Um, You're—you have so much knowledge, and it's just is an honor to be talking with you and learning from you. And um, you know, it's a privilege to be working at Pangea, doing the things that I—I I enjoy doing, and I think I'm good at. I'm, I hope I'm I. Not- you know what? 
think you are pretty good at it. So your mom and dad can be proud that, you know what, hey, you know, it turned out all right, that he didn't end up going and getting that job that we were pushing him to do. And he, uh, no, I think, I think you're in a great space. I got a real job now, Chris, and I work for myself. I love it. I love it. Well, you have a wonderful rest of your Friday and have a great weekend. Everybody who's watching, listening, thank you for joining. Uh, hope you got something out of this. You should have. And uh, we will talk to you just as a heads up. Learning Tech Talks is moving to Tuesdays next week. So different day, different time, same great content. We will see you then. Have a great weekend, everyone.